0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Giancola from the USGA, joined as always by my colleague and co-host Mike Trossel. Mike, how are you today? Dave, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this one. We are joined by Rocco Mediate, six-time winner on the PGA Tour, now a member of the PGA Tour Champions, where he has won four times, including the 2016 Senior PGA Championship. But back in 2008 is when many of us got to know Rocco best, when he finished runner-up in the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines behind Tiger Woods, who won in a 19-hole Monday playoff, the last Monday playoff in U.S. Open history. Rocco, thanks for joining us. How are
1: you i'm good guys how are you guys doing i'm ready for the u.s open coming both
2: of them ours and your and yours <laughs> well Rocco, as you said we're coming up on the the 2021 u.s open returning to tory mm-hmm. pines can you mm-hmm. take us back to 2008 when you're you're 45 years old you get into mm-hmm. the championship through a 36-hole qualifier the week before mm-hmm. what are your expectations going into that week
1: i was playing nice um i was playing nicely that that um that, that time actually. I played good at Memorial um at Jack's event, Mr. Nicholas's event we'll say, but we always say Jack because he's not here. Um and I was playing really good. I was driving it really good. Um and then I qualified and, and that was kind of cool. And then I got in the tournament, which was great. And I knew if I you know, I was just hitting it so good that week that I I you know, did I know I was gonna be contending to win? Not really. Um, but I knew I could play, I was I was playing good enough to do something whatever that was and um um, then all of a sudden that happened but you know most opens i I would say are one through the air um you guys like when you have control your ball at at a USJ event and that's why they're my favorites so it's very penalizing when you miss and it's very mentally taxing when before you even start that's my favorite part of us opens because they're supposed to be the hardest tournament in the world I look at that, and I, I know that through the air, I was really good that week. And what I think about some of US Opens, you don't have to really putt unbelievable if you're hitting it good. You just have to putt okay. Um, and and I was hitting it so so nicely, and I knew where it was going most of the time, that I, I knew I was going to do okay. So um, I wasn't surprised after finishing on Sunday that I had a chance to win the golf tournament at all. Um, but it was sure – it was just – I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You, you never know. A player of my caliber doesn't really know as much as the player of, say, Tiger's caliber or Phil. Maybe not even Phil. You know, Tiger or, or – uh, when Tiger went to the event, he went to the event to win, period. Well, most of us don't feel that way. We, we, we just don't. I mean, that's the truth. Um, that's why but, – but so – but I felt pretty good that week. And, anyway, I like Tori, and I love U.S. Open setups. I really don't care where they are. But Tori was cool because the fairways were 26, 25, 28 yards wide with Kakuya rough, And I love that. And I knew that if I drove good, I'd be fine. And and I, I drove good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Rocker, you mentioned, you know, the, the two main characters here. There's you and there's Tiger and then there's mm-hmm. a third one, right? Torrey Pines, the course. How much have you mm-hmm. played Torrey leading up to the 2008 U.S. Open? And do you feel like it suited your eye? It, well, you know what? I I never – I shouldn't say never liked Torrey before.
1: I never liked it as much in January or February when we used to play the, the Buick thing because it was always wet and cold and and hard. I love the, the difficulty of it. I just – I played okay there a couple times maybe. Um, but I always liked the golf course. Before they, before Reese came in and did it, uh, and you know, before Reese did it, whenever that was, I liked it before, and then I like I, I, I Reese anyway, so I, I like what he did to Torrey. He just made it what it is now, a U.S. Open golf course, and there's nothing else to really say uh, when you say that. So I knew that if it was firm and fast, which in June and out there it usually is, that I I didn't care if it was 73 or 400 yards long because I, like, I don't mind hitting three and four arms. I don't mind that at all. And so I, I wasn't concerned about, um, you know, what, cause I always, I, it always fit my eye, I say, you know, I, I couldn't reach the par fives pretty much. So I didn't care about that. Um, so I just, it didn't really aff- affect me. And I just knew fairways and greens usually bring home the silverware. Usually uh, uh, r- less tigers around,
0: <laughs> <laughs> less tigers around. <laughs> Well, it's just amazing that Torrey Pines, about to host its second U.S. Open, has mm-hmm. so much U.S. Open history because of what happened in 2008. Take us back to that Sunday, and when you famously were watching that putt from the scoring mm. area, and you said, "Unbelievable! I knew he'd make it." Mm-hmm. Was that really what was going through your head? And how did that how did that lead into Sunday night? How'd you sleep? How'd you prepare for Monday?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you if it was anybody else. And this sounds really disrespectful, but it's really not because people who know golf will know what I'm talking about. If it was anybody else with that putt, there's pretty much no chance they're going to make it comparatively to the man with that putt, okay? Now, everyone said, well, it bounced, it did this, it did that, it all that stuff. I went, it doesn't matter what it did. It also, if he wasn't putting it, I wasn't really going to be that concerned, but he was. So I figured there's no way he's going to miss. And did it, it, it was shocking because it was just a shocking moment. It, it like shook you. I mean, even me, I'm like, Holy crap. I, I knew he'd make it, but God damn it. He did. You know, there, there's a difference. Right. But I knew, I knew he was, I knew I was going to be in this, in this playoff on Monday when he had that, when we were standing over that pot, I was ready to go. If he'd have missed it. Great. But I didn't think that was going to happen. Truthfully. Um, and I wasn't up there going, miss it, miss it. I wasn't. I, it just, hey, if if he hits a good putt and it does whatever it does to go in, that's that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, how, so I, I really did feel that way.
0: <laughs> how did you not let that putt absolutely deflate you from Monday? Because I think a lot mm. of the general public said, well, that's it. Monday, yeah, of course he's going to yeah. just run through Rocco. Mm-hmm. But he, he didn't. Well, I have some, I have, (laughs) I have other, I have a little, you know, I've told this story a
1: lot, but I I haven't told it to you guys a lot. Um, The thing about that is months before that, whether it's months or a year before, I don't know when it was, it was, it was several months before that open. I remember telling some of the people I was around, you know, I was 45 at the time, obviously. And I said, you know what? I want him one more time on the weekend when it counts. Because in Phoenix in 1999, which was what nine years after before that, I played with him on Saturday and Sunday at Phoenix Open and won the golf tournament with him in my group, with 400,000 people in the golf course. Okay, crazy stuff. And I, 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 I won by, I beat him by three, won one tournament by two, I took a six-shot lead into Sunday. Okay, so I, and I, and every time I'd play with Tiger, pretty much before that, I always played my best. One time he beat me up in Kapaloo. I played awful. When was about 90, he kicked the, kicked the crap out of me. But other than that, didn't beat me very up much head-to-head. We played the, in the last round 2005 at Pinehurst. I shot 71, he shot 70. See, I, it, I loved playing with him. I love the chaos. I love the circus, and I love the people. Okay, that usually is not, doesn't, people don't like that, and I get it. A lot of people have commented, well, I can't, I can't deal with this. Well, guess what? You don't get to win then. Because when you're playing the guy, when you're playing him, you got to deal with what he brings. And I enjoyed that because I didn't get to do it that much. And so getting back to Monday, when I woke up the Sunday night, I went, you know, I knew so I'm in the press room. You guys probably have this, but you probably, yeah, I'm sure you have the recording of it because it was pretty funny. I'm listening to this guy. They're all saying, "Well, you're 200 years old. You're three millionth ranked player in the world. You're this. You're that. You're this. You're that. You're going to get murdered." I'm like, "Look, guys, look." You can say what you want. I get it. I totally get it. He's supposed to decimate me tomorrow, but I ain't in this last. I ain't playing Monday tomorrow morning because I've had an accident for four days. That I can assure you. Since you're going to have a show tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a show. And I remember he was standing at the door. I said, "Him and I will give you a show tomorrow. I'm done." And but rightfully so, everybody's expecting this to happen. But as you guys know, in any in a U.S. Open especially, there's no faking—not for four days. You just can't do it. I mean, you can maybe fake one day, maybe two, but you, the weekend will—you it will betray you. <clears throat> so I know how those tournaments are won. Well, I guess I—I I, I really don't know because I haven't won one. But I know I know how you usually win them, and that's through the air. You got control of your ball. You're going to beat somebody. Well, I had control of my ball. So when I woke up Monday morning, I knew in my heart that he could not beat me today because I had him <clears throat> decimated through the air. And I did. Statistics will show you. They'll look him up. <clears throat> it wasn't even close. But that's – so I'm thinking there's no way that he can beat me. If I do what I can do, I can beat this kid tomorrow. I know I can. This morning, I know I can. Because if – he can't stop me from doing anything. Only I can. And yeah, it was nervy and it was, it was, it was crazy feelings. But it was so much fun, you can't stand it because I, it, it, you know, they also said you you had nothing to lose. Really? Well, the US Open trophy is the most coveted thing in my world of golf. That's the thing I covet the most in golf. And he probably does too, right? We don't know which one he likes the best, but because he has eight million of them, all of them. So <laughs> we really don't know what what he likes the best. But the US Open happens to be my favorite event. It's our national championship. Of course it is. So, yeah, I had everything to lose because how many chances am I going to get? I had a couple before that. Southern Hills, Pinehurst, close at Southern Hills, blah, blah, blah. But this was a big chance because I only had to beat one guy. That's the way I looked at it. I know it was him. I know it was him. I know what he's capable of. But I felt like, you know, through the air, I, I don't know. I got him today. And I did, but I just didn't beat him on the greens.
0: That's just an unbelievable so, mindset because so many isn't that people, weird? Yeah. so many yeah, people it's would weird. say, "Give me anyone but Tiger," and you're saying, "I no, want him one no, no. more time on the weekend." No, I wanted him, and I got him. I mean, good lord, did I get
1: him? <laughs> I was pissed off on Saturday that I didn't get to play them Sunday. You know, rolfing. I go, you know, I had. I'm on the 18th fairway because I I could never reach. I reached 18 the first day. <clears throat> it was a little downwind, but I could never reach it. So that's why I was trying to hit those big hooks out there so I could see if I could run one up there. But um, <clears throat> off the tee. But um, I remember I'm in the right, uh, just in the right edge of the fairway on Saturday, and he's he just finished in front of me. <clears throat> I think he was, yeah, he was in front of me. And I said, "Ralph, if I make birdie, I get in the last group." And he goes, "No." And I was so fucking mad because if I'd have just played a little better, I'd have had him Sunday. You know, i not—you don't think it's going to be a playoff? It's going to be done Sunday, right? And and I didn't get that, and I had, I was in front of him. But um, that's what I wanted to see. I didn't care what what happened. I just wanted to see what would happen. Um, and like I said, the U S opens are, you know, I, I just love them so much because it, it shows you what you have in pretty much every aspect of your game. Uh, There's nothing else you can be tested by, but then you get the ultimate test him on Monday in front of the world. And you can't hide nothing else you could ask for in golf. Nothing, nothing. I was really disappointed. I lost, but I was more disappointed the playoff didn't continue. It was so much fun playing golf. I was like, "We're we're done? Well, can I just go to the eight? We were going to go to eight the next fall. I was because it was so much fun playing this this day. I, I can't even explain it.
0: So ninety one holes wasn't enough for you. You wanted to. No, I would have
1: been way more fun.
0: I'd <laughs> love to. I'd love to go another nine. Well, <clears throat> so talk talking about Monday, mm-hmm. when you packed for the U.S. Open, you packed a red mm-hmm. shirt. Mm-hmm. You wore yeah. it on Monday. Did you yeah. know Tiger was showing up in red? And was that gamesmanship? What? No. What well, was first, of that, there? first of all, first of all, gamesmanship—he
1: would laugh at you if you tried that. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Ames tried that. Remember in the match play, yeah. that didn't work out real well for him. Um, but my point is, no. So that was not planned. That was not even thought about. That was my last shirt I had. Okay, a long sleeve <laughs> red shirt. Okay, and I always like to wear black on Sundays anyway. Black pants I, I wore a lot. And I was, I'm a vest guy. If it's 75 degrees, I probably have a vest on. I still do. But I have wore a red shirt, but it was Monday. It wasn't Sunday. He wears a red, he wears a red shirt on Sunday. <laughs> okay, so it's Monday. It, it was so funny because I'm standing there, and I, I, Matthew and I are on the range, and Tiger's on the other end of the range, which I thought was weird. And um, I, I go, I'm going to go say good morning. He goes, what? I said, I'm going to go say good morning. What, what, what is he going to bite me? What is he going to do? So I walk down, you know, all the people are like, "Oh, what's going?" I go up. The first thing he says, "Nice f- shirt." First thing he says, "Not good morning." I laugh, we laughed our butts off. I go, <laughs> "It's it's Monday. What do you want me to do?" Um, um, and so anyway, that's how that day started. It was hilarious, hilarious. No, that was no plan or gamesmanship, really. Yeah, he's going to be scared of afraid of anybody that does. Yeah, he'll be really afraid of that. And
2: that'll really bother him. Sure. Morocco. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, obviously, all guys are on you. The two of you. The, you're the only ones yeah. left. Trading mm-hmm. on the New York Stock Exchange plummeted between noon Eastern when the playoffs started and 4 p.m. from its normal average by 71.6 million shares. That's a decline of about 9.2 percent. So everyone mm-hmm. was watching on TV. What was the atmosphere like there in person on the first tee throughout the day, with all the eyes focused on just you two? Yeah.
1: Well, the atmosphere was, it was, it was tense and, and nervy and, you know, that feeling that you, that, you know, another thing about this, the feeling that, well, he's had it a million times. I've had it a couple of times and he's had it to where he's won golf tournaments with it and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But I've had it a few times and, and, you know, they were in all, they were all in all U.S. Opens. I had it once at Augusta, but mostly U.S. Opens, two, three or four times in U.S. Opens, I was close. And I had that feeling, but not like this, this is like amped up like 4 billion percent because now, you know, you're on the first team. You're like i like, I'm ready for this. And you're up there and they call your name. Like you go like, Oh shit, here we go. Because you just don't know. But that's what I said to everybody after the fact that it was the greatest test of ability in anybody's career. What do you mean by that? Well, it got to, I got to find out if all the stuff I've done with my golf swing and everything else worked because there's no hiding. You know, there's no, there's no, if I started hitting it sideways all day, well, I, I get to find out it didn't work under the most intensive situations. That's when you get to find out. And there was no more intensive a situation that I would ever be in, no matter what. If I, if I got, if, if I was in the last group and the next seven U.S. opens, it wouldn't feel like that Monday because he was there whole different story. Um, so that's how it felt. It's like, Oh my, you know, and I, I remember saying to myself when the first day just drive this son bitch right down the right center. This is not a big deal done it a billion times. And I looked up and it was right down the right center. Don't remember the golf swing at all, nothing, but that's, that's what happens in those situations. The, the stuff you've built, does it work when you can't feel anything, <laughs> and, and I get to you know, I've got to experience those feelings a lot. And, you know, the person watching it doesn't have any clue. My point is, yeah, we feel, but can you overcome that somehow? Will your golf swing work under the most intensive situations? Well, I got to find out and it was fun doing it. So that whole day, it it felt like that. And a lot of weird things happened uh, that day, um, through the front nine and, um, I remember I, I hit, I was, I hit an a inch on a foot on three and then parred four and then five I hit in the right bunker. And I remember I hit it, tried to hit it. I was hitting an eight iron out, made the backswing and my right foot slipped a little bit, but I hit it real solid, but pulled it. Okay. So I'm just looking, it's going to be left to the green, which pins on the right. Well, hits a cart path and goes like 50 yards long and left up on the, up on the hill. I mean, I'm like, I'm so far from the green. I got to get a number to the pin. And then I hit this shot like 12, eh, 10 feet from the hole. Tiger was looking at me going, like, what the, what the hell is that? I'm like, Oh, yeah, like you haven't done that. And I end up missing the putt. I, I mean, I left it short, dead in the heart of straight up the hill. But I mean, that would have been. But my point is a lot of weird things happen. And then I handed them eight, uh, seven, uh, eight, I handed them number nine, three putted nine, and didn't get up and down from four yards off the green on 10. And I was three down. And that's, that's when everybody was probably either turning off the TV or saying, yeah, that's, that's, it's over now. It's going to be like 80 to 70. It's over. And and there's what I told Matthew, my my caddy, who is still a dear friend. He works on the PJ tour now. And I'm walking off the 10th green. I said, Matthew, this son of a is not going to beat me today. If I do exactly what I know I can do in these last eight holes. And he looked at me like what? I said, you heard me. And then it came, and then I sudden, all of a sudden, every shot came off the middle of the face, right where I was looking. All of a sudden, when I went to 16 green, t I was one up, and I was exactly where I wanted to be. I wasn't like going, "Holy shit, I'm, I'm one ahead." I, I oh my god, what's going to happen? I was right where I wanted to be. So it was one of those things that you can't you can't even draw it up. You can't even you you, you know, and you know he had to be going. Man, I guess it's not over. He was probably, you know, I don't know what he was thinking. We haven't, we've never talked about it. Um, I've never got to sit with him for 10 minutes and talk about it with him, which would have been so much fun. But, um, you know, the, that's how those things go. I mean, U.S. are you know, I said, if I do what
2: I know I can do, I'm beating him today. And, and, you know, I damn near did. It was just so much fun. It's amazing. You've never had the chance to talk about it 13 years later. No, and if you I did know, have that chance what would you ask him? What would you, what would you say? What, what would you want to know from Tiger about that? Well, first of all, what he thought about the day, um,
1: um, what he expected of me, because he's, he's very calculating. Um, well, when I, when I, I'll tell you how calculating is when I beat him in Phoenix, this is a hilarious story. Um, when I beat him in Phoenix, Um, and it's funny, I get to say that. When I beat him in Phoenix on the weekend, (laughs) won the tournament, thank you. Did I mention that I beat him in Phoenix yet? No, I don't think I have. Um, Because how many times I'll I'll get to tell my children forever, I beat the best player in the world this weekend. It was so cool, right? Anyway, um, you know, and I also say, if we played 10 days in a row, he's probably going to cut me nine of them, but that's okay. What about the other one? Because he's supposed to beat me nine of them. So anyway, so 99 after Phoenix happens, the following year, myself and lee jansen fly over to to um ireland to play some with tiger and omeara was over there so they invite us to play i don't know how it got happened anyway they flew over with themselves and lee and i took a commercial flight over because we didn't get to go with that so we meet them in ireland we're gonna go play some of the irish courses and i'm in i'm in so happy because i'm going and we're gonna have a great time it's just t- no one there and um, we're going to be taken over and taken around in helicopters. No one's going to know when we show up because it's Tiger, blah, blah, blah. It's so cool. Well, we get in that night, and the, uh, we, we meet those guys. I don't know what, what's going on. We're, I was, he goes, hey, after you get changed, uh, get ch- come on downstairs. I want to talk to you. I'm like, well, if the guy wants to talk to me. I'm happy to. So I go down, I have a scotch. I think he has a beer or something to sit there. He said, I only have one question. So what? He goes, what were you thinking about in 99 in Phoenix? Year and a half later. Now why do you ask that question? A year and a half later, of me? Why do you ask that question? Think about think about the answer for a second. Why, under all those circumstances in 99, all the chaos of Phoenix, half a million people showed up that week. Not because I was playing. Okay? We had to tee off the back nine on Saturday because of a fog of a frost delay in the morning. He needed to be on the TV time, okay? We had to tee off. Leading the tournament, we teed off 10 because we wanted to have they wanted TV time, right? And anyway, I ended up winning the golf tournament with him for two days. Why do you think he asked me the question? How in the hell did I do it? No one does that crazy. Not there against him. But see, I, I love that because I don't get to do it that often. So I take advantage of the times I get, whether I win or lose, I still take advantage of them. And I think that's why he asked me. I don't know. I never asked him why he asked me, but he did say, no one, he said, you, you played, I said, well, you can't stop me. Only I can. So there's, you know, I, I, I look back at a lot of things. Like I said, I've never talked to him. I could be completely wrong on these comments. I never asked him, but if you guys ever noticed the playoff, um, what is Tiger most famous for when he does something amazing like on the 72nd hole at Torrey? What does he do? The fist, fist pump pop goes bonkers, right? Cool, right? It's fine. Doesn't bother me, any. What didn't he do on Monday once? Not one time. And he had about eight chances to do it. Not once did he do it. I wonder why that was. Because I think he knew I didn't care it was him on the other side. I think that's what he thought. I think that's what he thought. I don't know because I didn't, I respect it. I love playing with him. He's the best. We all know that, but I didn't care who I was playing against. It didn't matter to me. It's like you, you trying to think of how you, 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 you look right through it. And that's how I felt. And I think he's like, well, that's not going to do anything with him. I just won't do it. And, and, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I could be wrong. But why didn't that happen once? You know, it it just didn't. And and I remember when we got done, I missed the putt, whatever, 15, 20 footer. Just missed it. He went over to shake my hand. I went, no, 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 no. And I gave him a hug and he was in shock. Shock. I'm like, no, no, we had, this was way better than a handshake here, kid. (laughs) 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 You know, but it was just. You know he's just the consummate. He's the ultimate professional, the ultimate competitor. He, the only thing he said to me he goes, "Great fight, great fight," and it was. It was. See, that's how I look at that. But I, like I said, I don't have proof of this. It's just what I think. I, I think he knew that I did not. I wasn't taken in by him. He knew I respected him. I still think he's still my favorite guy to watch. Still. Um, he knew I loved him. He knew I respected him. He knew I loved his dad. All he knew all that, but he also knew that I, he, I can't stop this guy from doing what he's doing. I just have to do my thing. A lot of guys he stopped before the, before it happened. Understandably sometimes, but because if you couldn't deal with, if you couldn't deal with what he brings, he had no chance. I loved what he brought. I wish I could do it every weekend. Well, back then, and now it probably would be
0: embarrassing. But back
1: then, <laughs> but you know, back then I wish I could do it every weekend.
0: Wow, I feel like I'm in yeah. philosophy class. This is a oh,
1: it's crazy. <laughs> and and think about these made these great players. When I did that fox thing, the, the the tiger, whatever it was called. Um, besides that fox thing being a beating, it kind of beat me up a lot. Like, why is who do you think the, this guy's from? This guy's from Greensburg. He's this his, his blah, blah, blah. He's, he was nothing in golf. Who's he think he's going to beat Tiger? Then I'm thinking Tiger's dad was in the military. They didn't have anything either. What are you talking about? He came from, I, I came from, I mean, my dad was a hairdresser. Okay. We came from the same type of like, we had what we needed, but we didn't have what we, what everyone else had. I'm not comparing myself to him whatsoever. I'm just saying, really? He was He's just the better player. There's no how do you talk about someone like that? But what what I noticed, if you think about it, they said, Do you, would you consider yourself a great player? Tom Rinaldi asked me, I said, No. There's no hesitation. He goes, What do you mean, no? I said, No, not even close to a great player. I'm a player. What's a great player? Guys who win tons and tons of golf tournaments and multiple, multiple majors. Not one major in 2010 golf tournament. That's just a player. But five or six majors and 20 or 30 golf tournaments, there's only a handful of them. Tom Morris, Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, um, Sam Snead, Ben Hogan, Gene Sarazen. Um, You keep going. Keep going. Trevino, Nicholas, Watson, obviously Tiger. Uh, Phil, you could put in there now, five majors and 40-some golf tournaments. Really? That's a great player. Ain't many of them. A lot of good players. I'm a good player. I was, I was a good player in my time. A good player. That's it. No, uh, did I did I teeter on greatness? No. Well, what if you'd have won the Open in 08? What did I just say? That would have given me one one major and five PGA Tour events. No, that's not a great player.
2: Rocco, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to read you a quote from a great player. And this is about the 2008 okay. U.S. Open. The okay. Tiger is my friend, but I was rooting for Rocco. That comes from Arnold Palmer. Now, you mentioned Uh, you were born in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, about 10 Mm -hmm. miles from Latrobe, the town that Arnie made famous. When did you first meet Arnie? What did you learn from him?
1: I met Mr. Palmer uh, when I was 19. Um, What year would that be? Um, Anyway. And the meeting was weird because uh, two good buddies of mine, uh, they're older than me, Danny Bonar, Chris Adams. Dear, dear friends of Mr. Palmer. Travel with them a lot in the heyday and, you know, they a best friend buddies all at La Country Club. And they always promised me they'd get a game with Mr. Palmer, but I didn't really, I was always, I would have been too nervous and too afraid. I I, I just would have. Um, so they knew that. So one day I was about to play at Greensboro Country Club where I grew up and um, I get a call in the pro shop, Gloria in the pro shop goes, hey, Rock, Chris on the phone needs to talk to you. I said, all right, Chris, what's going on? You know, there's no cell phones back then, obviously. Because hey, we got a good money match up here today. Come on up, me and Danny, and um, uh, who else? They say they didn't say obviously Mr. Palmer because I would not have gotten a car. Um, And someone I forget who else they said was anyway. So oh perfect because they were teaching me to gamble, you know, to play for money that I didn't have. And um, so I go. I said I'll be up there in an hour. Perfect. We're gonna play at ten. It was like 8 o'clock. I get in my Honda, drive up, pull in the parking lot, get my clubs over my shoulder, walk around the corner past the pro shop. There's a small putting green I'm looking at. And then you make a left to the first tee. So as I make the left to the first tee, he is on the first tee hitting balls with a shag bag like he did all the time. And he, I mean, Mr. Palmer, I'm like, oh, I was ready to turn around. And then he goes, hey, Rock, come on over. I'm like, son of a, I was out. I was out of there. I was not doing this. I was not prepared for this at all. None, none at all. So now I'm screwed because now I got to go up there because I can't leave. I mean, that would be really bad, right? (laughs) So I walk up, and Danny and Chris don't come. Mr. Palmer beelines from the first tee towards me to the putting green. I'm myself. I'm like, oh, my God. So he walks up, and he goes, nice to meet you, son. Heard a lot of good things about you. And And when I shook his hand, all the tension went out. I went, thank you, sir. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me today. And from that day on, it was like my dad. <laughs> I, I say it was like my second father. I mean, it was ridiculous. And, um, you know, we played and it was just unbelievable watching him do things and talking about stuff. And, you know, and I just i had been playing golf for three years at that time. And um, from that day on, I probably spent hundreds of hours in the Latrobe office, mostly getting yelled at. And then a lot of times playing up at Laurel and playing at Latrobe and then Bay Hill and stuff like that. It was very fortunate and very um, honored honored to be able to call him my my friend and be able to call him on the phone and do whatever I wanted. But he was fantastic. We had a, we had a good time. A lot of stuff that not many people got
2: to do. And speaking of something like that, you played together in his final U.S. Open, 1994. Oh at yeah, Oakmont. What was that whole mm-hmm. experience like and what did you learn from him as a golfer and as a man? Well,
1: he taught me more about being than golf. You know what I mean? More about the way to be and the way to act and the way to or at least the way to attempt to act. But the, that week I got a call earlier um in the month about was I gonna play because I was injured. I didn't I played one tournament in Tucson in ninety four because I had surgery. I ended up having surgery a week after that, a month after that open in Oakmont. But um I was hurt and bad, and I played Tucson, and I couldn't play anymore. And then they said they were going to pair me. USJ were going to pair me with Mister Palmer. Am I going to play? And this was in like, I don't know, maybe late May. I don't even know when they said that. And I hadn't played since February. And I went, well, yeah, I'm going to play. And I had no idea if I could even like swing a golf club. I hadn't swung a golf club in months, so I I commit for Westchester because I'm still exempt on the tour, but I can't play. So I get ready, go to Westchester make the cut, play four days. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to Pittsburgh. I'm playing with the boss, the King. And I never called him the King. I always called him the boss. And um, I'm, I'm the common, I'm there. I mean, if, I'm going to crawl around if I like, to do this thing, crawl around. And, um, you know, getting there and, you know, I, we we actually played a practice run on Tuesday, me, Lee Jansen, defending us open champion who won at Baltus Roll, as you guys probably know. And uh, Mr. Nicholas, and Mr. Palmer, how about that foursome for me? at Unreal. home 113 heat index the whole week um it was hot in oakmont that week but um yeah so there you go and and i got to go play and i mean thursday morning i could hardly move i could hardly move um i remember bob ford was waiting to tee because he was first altered. i said you need to get out of here because i'm crawling off this first tee pal. bye-bye <laughs> this ain't happening <laughs> this ain't happening um, and anyway, after twenty seven holes, I was like two or three shots out of the lead, if I recall. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did for me. and then he played great. He really could have made the cut. believe it or not. He was that close, certain things happened that he didn't. but the people, it was absolutely like I said, it was chaos. It was chaos. and and I loved it, but the respect that he that he brought, that he deserved, that it was owed to him was paid that day by everybody in the watching on television everybody at the golf course it stopped most of the time but walking up 18 i got a couple questions i did some stuff uh, a couple weeks ago uh, i forget who i did it for what was your most amazing experience in the world of golf i went the 8th the 36 hole in oakmont what what were you leading I went no i was playing with mr palmer it was it last it was his last hole in the us open at home that was my most amazing experience. period. If I would have won the u s Open, it still might have been my most amazing experience with Mr. Palmer because really? at home with him, he brought golf to what it is today, um, believe it or not or, or, or whatever he did he's he's you know he made it what it is today still. he started all this stuff. And what he got was what he, you know, you know what it, you saw what it meant to him. You know, I we stopped. I stopped everybody. 75 yards on on 18. I said, let's just watch this. You know, and we it was ridiculous. It was so loud you could hardly hear yourself think. And um, you know, I, I had to I had the cut made easily, and um, I had a two putt from like 20 feet, hit a nice shot in there. And he damn there made par. He hit it in the he hit it right rough. Hit it the, anyway. He almost made par. And I had about a three footer. I shook in because you know you're it's just nervy. I mean it, it's so noisy. I shook in. I walked off he put his arm around me and I said, this is all because of you. And that's when he, that's when he lost. (laughs) So I was very responsible for his. Yeah. Um, And I said, it's all because of you, you know, this is all you. And he was just, you know, you saw it. I mean, it was ridiculous. One of the most amazing scenes in golf, especially in the press room.
0: It's amazing. Full circle from a 19 year old on the first tee at Latrobe to playing with, with the King on his final hole of a U.S. open.
1: Ridiculous. What, my sorry ass has got to experience over my, my career, my 36 years at this game. It's just ridiculous. Um, it, you just think about it going, really, I got to do that. Really? I got to play tiger in the U S open in a playoff. Really? Mr. Paul, I played with them in his last PJ too. I think Mr. Palmer, I think I'm pretty sure I did. Um, um, but playing golf with them, some of the stories, like I remember in Oh seven, in seven, um, I'm doing announcing for the golf channel because in 06 at Augusta, I hurt my back again and I was out for like the rest of the year. It was a nightmare. Right. And 07, I'm doing announcing. And after two events, I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. I can still play with you. I can do this. So anyway, I go and I, I, I commit for Riviera, my favorite place on earth. Um, uh, the Riviera country club. Um, and um, I'm at, I'm at Riv and I get a phone call and it's him cell phone rings and says, Mr. Palmer. I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, uh, well, you haven't committed for Bay Hill. And I said, well, I'm not going to commit for Bay Hill. I'm not exempt for Bay Hill. He goes, well, uh, I mean, you know, I'll help you out. I said, you're telling me out enough. He said, no, I'm not coming. I said, but I'll make you a deal. This is how he was. You watch how I play the next three weeks. If I play good enough that you think I should play in your tournament, I'll play. He goes, that sounds like a fair deal, kid. I said, all right, talk to you later. Bye. Well, I come in, I finished seventh at Riviera. Seventh, I, you know, I didn't have a chance to win, but I played my butt off. Top 10, I'm so happy. I get to the house I'm staying at, not 10 minutes, the phone rings. And all my buddies are standing around with me. I'm staying with the Shaws. And here's how the phone call went. Yeah, yeah yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Tuesday morning. Ba- all right, I'll see you in the morning. Bye. So he was saying, you want to play Tuesday morning at Bay Hill when you get down there? I said, yeah, I'll be in. T-. I said, I'll be in Monday night. We'll play Tuesday morning. Done. Call me that night because he watched, he said, if you play great, you know, I said, if I play great, let me play. If I don't, hell with me. And that's, that's him. And we had a lot of talks like that over the years to where knockdown, dragout drag out stuff. Like when I won Greensboro, I beat Elkington in a playoff. And I'm doing an outing at Laurel Valley, his other course up there that Monday, right after the, right after I won, Doc Giffen comes up, I'm out in the golf course. He goes, Hey, um, the boss wants you down at the office when you're done playing and he needs to talk to you. I said, Oh, great. He's going to tell me how good I am. He's so proud of me. I can't wait till this day's over. I get done, take care of everything. Boom. Right to the office. I sit down, he's sitting there and he has his little reading glasses on. He peeks up over and he goes, so, uh, I see you backed yourself into one yesterday, huh? I'm like, what? Now I'm, now I'm pissed. I'm like, what bat, What are you, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you're on the practice tea. You know, you you posted a score, and then you had to go into playoff. And went, Elkington birdied the last two holes to get in the play. What are you crazy? We got in those arguments all the time because he wanted to push me. Push, 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 push. It was I loved it, but he made me so mad half the time. And that's what he wanted to do. But he was always, you know, at the end he goes, "Well, it was really nice playing, but I, I, you should have won that outright." That's the way he was. I said, "I don't do what you do. You only did what you did. You <laughs> didn't understand that part." But I, like I said, I, I've had it was ridiculous. My my for my having him as a somebody to sound. I mean, really, I can call him and sound things about golf off to him. Really, are you kidding me? Who? I mean, I wasn't the only one, obviously, but I was one of them. So I got to do that stuff, and it was really cool. It's incredible. it was, really cool. you know, yeah, wh- it
0: was wh- crazy. While we're in your home state of Pennsylvania, or at least figuratively mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, Mike Davis, a Pennsylvania mm-hmm. native himself, who I know you knew. Uh, As Mm -hmm. a youngster, as he takes kind of uh, his final lap as CEO of the USGA, what's Mm -hmm. it been like seeing his journey in the game and his rise in the game of golf?
1: Mike, I love my, I I just love what he's, what he's, what he did. Um, I just love the way his setups. I loved what he thought. I love the cuts, the rough cuts, the different cuts, the, the stuff that made it what it, what it is. I mean, I like, Hey, I like Tom Meek stuff. Okay. I liked all I liked all the stuff. I, because it was all US Open. But Mike was he was just a, he's just great. We talked a lot. Um yeah, was, sometimes before that open. Obviously during that open, he was they were following us in the last group. I had him laughing half the time. He was he was like couldn't believe some of the crap I was saying to him. He's probably going, You do realize this is a playoff for the national. Yeah, I, I know where I'm I know where I am. I'm good. Um it, it, he's just that guy. Um, it's it's sad that he's leaving, but he's doing something else, which is great. But he's he's done a heck of a job, and he's had to deal with a lot of whining, a lot of whining, and that's what I would have handled differently. And and, and, I, and it's in a funny way, because this is not a, a cut on him at all. This is this is something that he would never do because you can't. But I, I remember, I, I remember I texted him during the week at Shinnecock. Remember um, the crazy? Everybody was bitching and moaning because it was hard. Um, and they said you got to water the course on Sunday and this and that. I remember texting. Them, I said, Mikey, burn them down tomorrow. Take all the water off the golf course. See? Because guess what? The best player is still going to win. Right? Doesn't matter if you win shooting 90. You're still going to win. But of course, that's never going to happen. <laughs> So they watered the course and Fleetwood went out and shot 60 nothing and almost won the golf tournament 8 hours before it, before Kepka took it down. You know what I mean? So he's had to deal with all of this belly aching whining which absolutely drives me crazy. Because it's it's a US, it's not supposed to be fair all the time. It's not supposed to come out like you want it to come out. It's not supposed to do remember guys were saying well Kepka hit a sand wedge on 15 one day a little right of the pin, it spun all the way down. Well, he should have hit it left of the pin. It's a sand wedge. Okay, so so my point is, what what is what, what what's going on? You think Nicholas did any of that? You think Palm? You think Tiger said this course is ridiculous? I'm not playing this. No, they didn't. And uh, you hear all this belly. Not I don't know. It hadn't been lately, but that week I barbecued a lot of people that week, and same thing out at uh, Chambers Bay about the were, guys are screaming about the greens. I'm like, Mike, what? it's a U.S. Open. Okay, so the greens aren't in good shape. What is it? Whose fault is that? It's nobody's fault. Deal with it. You know, my buddy Lee Jansen, my, one of my dearest friends, won two of your golf tournaments, two. And I remember him saying to me, it's all about dealing with the stuff that's not supposed to happen. And he's right. What what major championship does everything go perfect except for a few times with certain people? Never. It never happens. Weird stuff happens. That's the challenge. And that's why I look now going, it's changed. It's changed. It's changed. Um, but, but the way Mike did things, I loved it. He 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 took care of how and all his style, all, all his setups. I loved them. I didn't play in all of them because I hadn't played in some of them for so long because I'm now I'm old, but But, um, all the times I played and like I said, I've always loved the setups, but he's been great for it. Like I said, he's starting a new chapter, which is awesome. But, um, I think he left a nice place. I I think he left it in a good place. And, um, um, I I think, I think you guys think that too,
0: obviously, but I, I do yeah excited to see what he does as he moves on to kind of his passion. he'll be good at it he'll yep. be good
1: at it more golf, likely
0: so of course architecture excited to see mm-hmm. what mike davis does after this summer when he transitions out of his role as the ceo but we know he'll be around the usga as a friend and mentor to all of us and we're excited oh, for yeah. that as well uh, absolutely rocco last one before we let you go as we're talking about you playing in usga events back in mm-hmm. 2013 you finished Tied mm-hmm. for third at the U.S. Senior Open at Omaha Country Club, which just so happens to be the host venue this upcoming July. What do you remember about that week and the course itself?
1: Perry Maxwell Masterpiece. That's what I remember about wow. it. Um, oh, no, it's fantastic. I'm a, I love architecture and stuff, and, and I love seeing, but it, it's, it's just an up and down, brutally hard to walk. And la- that year, it was like a hundred and Million degrees, it was so hot that week, but it was good because that adds to the hardness of the of of the U.S. Open. Even even the senior U.S. Open, and it was hard. You know, it was a hard, good, great driving course, supposed to be. Greens were they weren't as firm as normal because it was a thousand degrees. It it would have killed everything, but they were they were fast, but they were a little soft because they had to be. Um, But the rough was up, and like I said, it's the senior U.S. Open, but it was still a U.S. Open, and um you know it it was just i just love those events um and this year i can't wait for it too i mean the the hardest hole in in north america and that week will be the 10th hole at Omaha country club i can tell you that 10 or 8 one of those two but um it's just a good setup it's a good u.s open setup it's long enough um um and you know we can still handle some certain distances but and it's got some cool closing holes, and it's just a good little golf course. And I shouldn't say a little, but it's a good course. I mean, Maxwell was really good at what he did, obviously.
0: That's, um, that's and, the insight there, and you mentioned it. It's not what everyone would expect when you think no. Omaha, Nebraska, oh, it's got to be really flat.
1: No. No, God. No, this baby, it's got some motion in it, a lot of it. And um, uh, But, you know, he built good greens for the – you know what? Right, there's no stupid greens there. You know, a lot of times you'll see crazy stuff on side hills. This is really – of course, that's why we're playing there, but – um it's it's a good place to go back to and the people it was probably to this day in my nine years the most attended event by a hundred thousand people probably to this day i don't know we're going to have this year because of this this crazy stuff going on but there was i think we got a quarter of a million people that week i'm pretty sure it was right around there which is ridiculous for a senior any senior thing but our u.s opens usually get tons and tons of people but that one got the most i don't think we could ever top it unless we go back there which we are
0: (laughs) it was an awesome scene in 13 and so cool and rocco you know with that you know i want to thank you for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you there in july i don't know what the heat index will be this time but uh we can't wait to see what you do in 2021 the hotter the the better (laughs) Man, you embrace the competition there's there's no doubt about Mm -hmm. it well rocco Mm -hmm. again thank you so much and uh and we'll see you in july you got it guys Awesome. And thanks everyone out there for joining us. If you want to relive that 2008 US Open at Tory Pines, head to the USGA's YouTube channel and check out that feature film titled US Open Epics Tiger and Rocco. It's an awesome production as the curtain is pulled back on one of the greatest weeks in major championship history. And again, don't forget to tune in to the U.S. Senior Open and Rocco Mediate July 8th through 11th from Omaha, Nebraska. You can catch all the action on Golf Channel and Peacock. So for our guests, Rocco Mediate and my co-host, Mike Trossel, I'm Dave Giancola, and we'll talk to you next time.